It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Maybe it's your spring break, actually. I know a lot of people are on spring break. Um, I am Mike, a principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, where Mike and I talk about bringing that passion, that unity, and that DIY into your classroom, that punk rock ethos. And you are joining us today for a punk rock collaboration. We have a guest on. We're going to talk education. We're going to talk all sorts of stuff today. So, Mike, why don't you why don't you introduce our guest? Tell us who we've got with us today, and let's get into it. Yeah, I'm, I for I just got to say I'm super excited about today's episode because. Our guest played a huge role in anyone who's listened to the show knows my story of my first few years as a principal trying to fit into like that stereotypical, like sitting in your office, doing your rounds by, by, you know, an alarm every you know hour you get out and make a lap with your coffee. And I hated it. And I was really thinking, how am I going to do this for another 20, 30 something years? And then our guest is, is one of the main components that really helped me see a whole different side to being a principal. And we got the one and only Mark French with us. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Greetings from Minnesota. Yes. Nice. Yes. The weather is probably great in Minnesota right now, right? Uh, today was nice. Um, <laughs> in the 50s, melting the snow. It was a good day. It was a good 84 here in Arizona. So. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, better we- in the cold. <laughs> What do we have? We had about 40s today with rain and sleet. But we're not here to talk about weather. No, no. Let's let I that's like literally like I'm from Michigan originally. So when I get to hear about cold weather, I'm like, oh, cold weather. What's that like? I'm a Michigan boy. All right. I grew up in right outside of Saginaw, Michigan. So Gaylord. Oh, Gaylord. Okay, yeah. I went to Saginaw Valley is where I went to college and and all that good stuff. So fantastic. This is like the second time we've had a Michigan. Yes, Guest it on. is. That's, it that, sure is. That's pretty great. I feel, I feel extra special now. Uh, so, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about your career in education? What are the hats you've worn? What do you do? What do you do now? All of that. Tell us, give us your, if you can give us your quick bio, your elevator pitch on who's Mark French, let us know. I am happy to tell you that. Um, I think I'll start at the beginning. Um, I began my teaching career in Houston, Texas in 1982. I moved from Minnesota down to Houston because I needed a teaching job. So my first experience was working in a huge district. I remember the year I started, I was one of 800 new teachers to HISD that year. there are good things about a large district and there are bad things. Uh, I liked the organization that all teachers are given the same curriculum guides. We were teaching the same lesson on the same page on the same day. Um, so it was a good learning experience. However, it didn't allow for much creativity. In my right. school, I was in a school that was 100% students and families of color. So a white male, young white male from Minnesota and Michigan my first experience and exposure and it 
was amazing. I learned a whole lot. I left after a couple of years, came back to Minnesota, was a teacher in the St. Paul Public Schools for the next 15 years. And we were talking earlier. Um, I knew I wanted to be a principal. So I started to take on leadership roles and responsibilities to gain that broader perspective of how a school works and relationship building. So I um, actually, uh, an experimental school, I started as a math science technology teacher called the Saturn School of Tomorrow. My claim to fame there was I gave George H.W. Bush President George H.W. Bush and Secretary of Education Lamar Alexander a tour of our school as they oh, came cool. to St. Paul to visit. Another experience, you know, um, gaining that uh, public relations, uh, being able to share your passion and share your students. Um, then I started my educational uh, administrative career. I in St. Paul, we had to serve as an administrative intern. I did that and an assistant principal. And then I actually left St. Paul for a suburban Minneapolis um, school district where I got my first principal job in 1998. And that was the Osseo area schools. I worked there for 18 years, getting to the end of my career. Um, I had about five years left and a school in the very district that I live, work, voted, and um, was a spokesperson for opened up. So I moved to the Hopkins area schools for the last five years of my career. But along the way, I had the opportunity to take on leadership roles, continue my education. I served as the president of the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association. I was honored by being selected as the 2015 Minnesota National Distinguished Principal. I think why I'm saying all these things is it is never too early to start or to think about where you might want to travel and what your next act will be. And all the things that you do, uh, being a department chair, um, being the school safety patrol advisor, uh, being a PTO rep, all of those experiences will help you build relationships, see how a school or district functions, and give you a taste and experience and exposure to what else might be there. I loved being a teacher. I loved being an elementary school teacher. I just had this passion and this drive to want to make a larger difference. So that's why I headed into administration. I even, I did work on my superintendent's licensure, uh, but doing that, I recognized, ooh, I don't like this job. All it is is complaining and problems. Um, I really like being an elementary school principal. So I've got, I, I stayed in that role. That's so I've got a question about that. So I, as, as someone with, with a career like that, where you've moved and you've moved on and you've done these things and you mentioned it, this idea of, of your second act, right? So my question is, how do you, what, what was it that made you go like, it's time for me to take that next step. It's time for me to go from playing in, in basements to playing in clubs. Like what was that thing that made you decide what was it in you that you're like, yep, I'm ready to take this next leap. Was there something in you that did it? Or did you just go like, I don't know what hit you to, to take those steps in your career? Mark? 
That's a great question. I'm trying to think if there is a common theme. I think for me, it was, I just felt like I needed to break out and, and, and kind of bust out from where I was. And sometimes it was, I, I felt like I had done and accomplished all that I could in a role. Um, so I was an administrator then in my career in four different elementary schools. Some people might spend their entire administrative career in one school, but for me it was after seven years in a building, um, another school opened up in, in my district that had, it had different programs, uh, ESL, different special education programs, things that I wanted to learn and experience. So it was like uh, the moves for me were, I, I needed and wanted to learn more and okay. contribute more. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. So like, uh, you know, Mike and I have talked about this before. I am 15 years in the classroom and I am in the tail end of my getting my principal's uh, degree down. I have one master's degree already. I thought one wasn't enough. Let's get a second one in administration because I never thought I'm one of those people who thought I, I don't ever want to be a building level principal, right? Like I was like, I love my classroom. I said that same thing. Tom. I love being the, you know, I love the work that I do with my teachers association, but I became I, like, I was a union president pretty early in my career, right? So like, I will be done being the president of my local teachers union. This is my last year and I'm in that transition phase. And, and I wanted to ask that because I'm in this phase of like, what's the next part of my career? And, and my curiosity is really around that. What's the thing that, that made you go like, okay. And I like that, that idea of it's, you feel like you need to break out and learn and do something more. And I really feel that for myself, I'm going through that same thing right now, right? I'm a high school teacher. I've been a high school teacher for all of all but one year of my career. One year I was a junior high teacher, but otherwise I've been high school, but I'm doing my internship at an elementary school and it is the best freaking thing ever. It has gotten me through the most challenging year being an educator during COVID is being able to go hang out on an elementary campus and talk about that stuff and see those kids and do stuff like that. And it, I have, and so I'm, I was just curious, like, what's that thing that makes you do that drive? So thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that a lot. Like, I think it's right. Some people go like you and I'm that teacher who's been on, oh man, uh, one, two, three, five. I've been five, five campuses in 15 years. Right. It just, I've never been on a campus for more than this is the longest I've taught at a school. And I've taught for five years on this campus because something would open up and I'd be like, oh, I want to go do that. I want to go try to teach that over there. You have this kind of position. Cool. Let me go teach that. Um, I'm like the kid right now who's meeting his uh, like one of his favorite musicians because you were a big big part of the principles in action group the initiative I mean you're you know one of the three authors of the book you know you're big with the chats and on the Voxer group and you know the whole premise you know behind principles in action you know get out of your office like you don't have to just sit there and do those mundane tasks data analysis you know, uh, unapproachable. Um, so were you, was that, were you always like that? How did you kind of fit into that principles in action group? How did you, how did that become like a big part of your, your life? Cause I mean, from when you were in the, when you were leading your, your, your building, if you followed it on social media, I mean, 
you you could see the passion and the posts you would put and the pictures, you know, with your kids on campus. So was that always the case? I mean, or did you go through like that that phase like I went through where you're like, I don't know. This this is this sucks. You know, it it, it that's really interesting because I I just retired after 38 and a half years and I've come across people who say Oh, golly, I don't know if I could do this that long. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I never had that feeling like this wasn't a good fit for me. Being an elementary school principal was a great fit for me, a great career. Now, I had I did that in four different school buildings and three different districts to keep myself excited and rejuvenated. Um, I don't know. I think for me, it has always been about the kids. Um, And I've gotten some pushback about that and people might disagree with me, but for me, it was, I I need to connect with the kids. I need to see the kids. I need to learn from the kids. I need to see what the kids are experiencing. Now, all of the adults who worked in the building, I wanted to be there for them and support them. But the, the people that, give us our drive that give me the drive and the passion are the students. We have a job because of them. They aren't in a school building because we have a job. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Schools weren't built for us. To have, right. They were built for the kids. And it's so true. I mean, I, you know, I've been very open, especially these last few months, how I've just not felt like I was the leader that my staff and students and community like deserved. And, you know, we recently last week had our staff finally come back on campus on site. And this week we finally welcomed back those students that wanted to come back. So 160 kids are in our building. And, and I told Josh, like in, in the past year, like I finally feel like myself again, like the, the, the kids are what, I mean, the staff too, but like the kids being back, like I just walk around all day checking on them, talking to them, seeing what they're doing. And it's, it's just, I just don't get how uh, some people don't have that passion for it. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go on a tangent. I'm, I don't want to take up all our time. So, so go, go ahead. Go ahead Josh. Josh. Yeah. I was going to say, so Mark, um, as someone who's been in different buildings, what do you think in your career all this time, this idea of being a principal who's out and about and does that, what's, what are the things that, what are the things that help you do that? And what are the things that you have to like the obstacles in your way as Mm -hmm. an administrator? What are the things that keep you from the show, right? What are the things that keep you out of the rooms? um, And how do you overcome that to make sure that you're that, that leader in the building, that you're, you're connecting with kids, you're building those relationships with your staff and in your community. What's that like for you out of all your years as a, as an elementary principal? Um, what kept me going and what supported me were meeting like-minded principals. We're meeting other educators who felt the same way that it's about connecting with students. It's about, uh, visiting families. It's about make, developing those relationships, honoring kids. Um, what? So, me, I think most things that I did might not have been my own idea, but I stole them. Um, 
I read stories to every classroom every month. I took that from a principal. Um, I did cafeteria supervision. I was visible on the playground. Other principals do that. I served lunch in the cafeteria. It's better. It was better for me to be in other places around school. Wow, the things that you learn and observe yeah. and watch. Um, it's helpful. It was helpful for to me for me to see are our systems operating. I'm outside at arrival. I'm at dismissal. I'm in the cafeteria. I'm on the playground now. Are are those systems working? Are people present? Are they interacting with kids? So getting out of my office, you have to observe it and view it for yourself. Now, certainly what held me back was, you know, the things I couldn't control. Yeah. Um, principal meetings and meetings with parents. Um, there, there are things that you had to do. But if I was in control of my schedule, I would block out times where I would be in classrooms or on the playground. Um, another, another great idea that I used in my last few years, I wish I would have done it sooner, is during school conferences. What did I used to do? I would sit in my office and get caught up on things that I wasn't able to do all the time. A principal told me about, he pulled his desk into the main lobby and sat there and greeted all the parents and all the family members that came in. You can still get some things done, but wow, how, how, how powerful is that when you walk in the school and you see the principal sitting there answering questions and greeting you? Um, So I needed other people for support. And and we talk about that all the time. The idea of like building your crew of people that are going to help you out, right? Like your scene of educators around you help you do that. So I've got, I, with what you just mentioned, you just said like, I wish I would have known this sooner, right? Let's, let's say Mark French, you have 38 years as an educator, you can go back and talk to year one classroom teacher, Mark, what do you, what, what advice do you impart on young you about being an educator? It is people will remember how, how you made them feel. People will remember what you did. They're not going to remember the reports the testing, the administrative stuff. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Staff members, parents, students. Um, and another piece of advice I would give the, er, the younger Mark French is you have to be you. I think for many years, and even still probably for some educators, there's this wall there. No, they can't know about me. I can't share myself. I'm just here to do this job. Oh, no. Um, I learned that they needed to know, um, my staff needed to know, and students needed to know, what do I like to do? Um, How do I spend my time? Um, Bring my family in, bring my husband, bring my partner in. Uh, um, They're the same thing now. My husband (laughs) is my partner. (laughs) Uh, But... I, I have a passion for cooking and I've had a passion for cooking for a long time. So what do I do? Share that with the staff, 
cook them a conference dinner meal. Um, have a Super Bowl party. <laughs> uh, have a midwinter meltdown. So you can share your passions. I mean, I'm looking behind you, Josh. I yeah. see your guitars. Um, <laughs> Do you bring it in class? Do you I, I have. I have brought my guitar in. We would write songs about the Salem witch trials. We'd write songs about uh, different parts of the government. I, that's that's something that Mike and I talk about all the time is that idea of bringing your passion into the classroom. And I think you're right. There is sometimes this hesitancy to do that, right? Like Mike, I mean, like you're a principal who brings your skateboard in, but I'm sure there was a period of time where you're like, yeah, I, there's no way I could ever do that, right? Like, oh yeah, the block for yeah. us sometimes that we have to get past. And you know, and the thing is, I'm so glad that I did and started, you know, because I was always open as a classroom teacher with my students. I taught middle school. I loved it. That's the only grade level I'd ever want to teach if I went back to the classroom. I love teaching sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And they knew all about me. They knew about the music I was into. They, they knew about the skateboarding. They knew about, you know, everything in my life when I, they, they were active and talking to me about when I was getting married and when I had my first kid. And when I was assistant principal, I had a little bit, but not so much. Like I was very close with um, the staff I directly oversaw. And then when I became, became a principal, like I thought I had to be one because I was, it was so young still. And, you know, the, the building I went into, many of the staff had been there for a while. Um, some of them were even the same age as me. And I felt like I had to kind of have that, you know, that principle. This is, you know, you not much about, you don't know anything about me. I'm going to, you know, observe and see what's going on. And I was miserable. And I watched as, as my first few years, you know, the, the culture just declined and everyone kind of closed themselves up. And then when I started opening up and sharing who I was and my passions and just being honest about it, it, it had this effect on everybody else. You know, other people kind of started to opening up and Mark, like when you said, when you said that, you know, you're, you're on the playground, you're in, in bus duty, you're in the cafeteria, not only does it help us like, cause I do those same things, see what works and what needs to be tweaked. But when your staff and the family and the community sees you doing that, it, it helps build it. Hey, we're all in this together. And it's not, this is my role. These are, this is what I need to do. You know, I, I'm, I'm above, you know, mopping a spill in the cafeteria. And when you can't make those, you know, there's days where I can't make it to bus duty and somebody else will go and direct the traffic in the parking lot without me asking them saying, well, I noticed that you had a meeting or you were tied up with that parent in the office. So I came to do it. And it just kind of builds that, you know, not everything has to be for a stipend or turning an extra extra timesheet for pay. It's it builds right. that that community that we're all here for the kids. I mean, that's the main reason right. we're there. Yeah. And there was there was also a belief I had that I can't expect my staff members to do things if I'm not willing to do them. I want teachers on occasion to come outside. Play with your students, uh, engage them in basketball, just walk around the playground and talk with them. But I've got to be willing to do that too. You have to be a role model for that. Just as then I want teachers to take that back to their classroom when they're working with kids. So, you know, why am I on the playground? Why am I at buses? I want to build relationships. I want to get to know kids. So I have to model it sometimes for adults 
who I want to model it for kids. Exactly. We have, to set, we have to set that tone. Yeah. We have to set what we expect, just like the teachers should do that with their kids. And if we're not willing to do it, like they're not going to do it. I mean, and I'm going to say something crazy. I'm a high school teacher, right? <laughs> One of my favorite things about doing my internship right now, it's, it's, it sounds insane, is parent drop off in the morning. Like literally being out there and seeing every kid because I'm able to go get because I, I have first hour prep. So I the elementary starts earlier than us. So I go over to the elementary. I spend like an hour or two hours there in the morning and I get to do morning parent drop off. I'm like, this is the best. Every kid comes off and you get to like say hi to them and see how their day is going. And like that right there that gives me like the high to do the rest of my day, right? Like to go COVID pandemic teach to like go hang out with those kids at the beginning of the day is like, is like really is helped me out. So Mark, you, you had said something about, you know, that, that you were able to bring your passions into what you do. And, and you mentioned bringing your, your, your husband to, um, to events, to school events. And as a, as a teacher, who's married to another teacher, we were, you know, we both taught together. Um, she then in the same building, we essentially lived on that campus. Our kids came to campus all the time. What are some of the events where, like, you know, as an educator who's been 38 years in buildings, what are the events that you're like, okay, we got to go. This is going to be great. You know what? Come with me. This is like that you have to drag your partner to in order to do that. What do those look like? And how do you, how do you make sure that we know as educators, education takes up a bunch of our life. And especially when you're a building principal and you've been one, how do you balance that? How do you balance like you and your husband and your work as a as a principal for that long? Well, first off, I'm in awe of you two guys because you have an extra responsibility that I did not have. I'm not a parent. I am in awe of working (laughs) parents. I don't, seriously, I know this is going to sound facetious, (laughs) but it was hard enough to get one person ready in the morning. (laughs) I cannot imagine having to get other humans ready and if I had a long day, I would just eat cereal for dinner when I got <laughs> right. home. You can't do that every night with kids. Maybe you can, but so I didn't have that responsibility. Um, but what I would tell myself is there are events that I cannot miss. Right. Um, you must be there. You must be there for carnivals. You must be there for conferences. You must be there for uh, kindergarten roundup. You must be there for sixth grade commencement. There are some events you cannot miss. Um, and then I would work it out with uh, my husband, Kip. You know, I really want you to come here. I, I'm <laughs> cashing in uh, a you owe me thing. I, I want him to be present. Um, it, it most most often uh, it was the school district foundation gala. Event. Okay, yeah. yeah, I need you to be there, um, and other uh, professional responsibilities. Uh, so we would go back and forth, but you're right. Uh, you do have to know as a teacher, as a teacher leader, as an administrator, you cannot miss this. You must be there as they are looking for you and they want to see you. So as you, I mean, to, to sort of, to sort of wrap the, the conversation up after a career, 38 years as an educator, you know, um, being involved, you know, with, with, with 
you know, with principles and action and all this, as you look back on those 38 years, what's, and this is a tough one because that's a, that there are so many moments as educators, but what's one of the moments that you're really proud of that you were able to, to be a part of or witness as an educator over that period of time? When you ask that question and other people have asked the question, what comes into my mind are kids' faces and experiences with kids. I think back to the Osseo area schools that I was a principal at. I connected with a parent who had a crazy idea about bringing fifth grade students to Mexico on a school supply drive and go across the border and deliver those. We made it work. So I think about the years that I worked with this parent, we would take fifth graders away from their families to Mexico on a service project. I think about the every month I instituted a citizen of the month, a teacher selected, a student. Um, In the course of a year, I think we would honor 300 students and bring their parents in. Um, I think of students who were having a really challenging time in class or at home of sitting down with them, maybe including their family members to see what it is that they needed and what we could do. So that's what I think about. Um, That's that's fantastic. I mean, it really comes back to that idea, right, Mike? Like it's about the kids. I mean, I'm just really surprised you don't remember when your your school made their uh, state assessment benchmark scores. I mean, those aren't those aren't the things that are sticking out in your head right now. No, but okay, I, but that's what drives me because when I think of my elementary school experience, mm-hmm. I think of the field trips. Yeah, I think of the school plays. I think of the the assemblies. That's what I remember, and I want to have those experiences for students um yeah. the 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 last question we always ask because this is punk rock classrooms mark what have you been listening to it doesn't have to be punk rock it could be an audio book it could be a podcast whatever it is what have you been listening to that's been getting you going that kind of hypes you up what's your thing that you've been listening to mark uh serious xm 80s on eight oh. i am a fan <laughs> of uh I, i'm from the 70s I listened to the seventies and the eighties, you know, I, I like uh, the Eagles, right. uh, Fleetwood Mac. Who doesn't uh, like Fleetwood Queen, Mac though, Mark? Everybody Linda loves Ronstadt. Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question. No, I, that I, answers it perfectly. Perfect. That's yeah. great. That's fantastic. So Mark, thank you so much for being on. Thank we you. Appreciate yeah, thank it. You. Uh, is there a place, you know, are you still active in the Twitterverse online? Is there a place that people can find you or? They can find me on Twitter at Principal French. I'm still, um, I'm still, Still hanging out on Twitter until I, I'm trying to morph it into, um, I'm working on writing a blog, retired nice. principal in the kitchen. I love so it. That's, that's great. Nice. That's my next. That'll be perfect. That's my next act. <laughs> that's awesome. So you can find Mark there. Mark, thanks so much for being on. We appreciate it. You can find Mike and I on the internets on Twitter and Instagram, Punk Classrooms for the show and the website. Uh, and then at Josh R. Buckley for me, at Mike R. Earnshaw for Mike. Uh, you can go to the website. We've got the blogs. We've got the show with the show notes. We've got some poetry from the poet. You didn't even know it. Mark Earnshaw. <laughs> Mark, I keep messing. The M's are throwing me off today. Mike, the poet on there. Uh, and as always, folks, we appreciate you hanging out with us. 
all that good stuff. Mike and I will see you at At the the show. show.